This is Kevin Campbell and you're listening to Chewing the Cud with the Irish Toffees. Come on, you blues. Welcome along, folks, to the next episode of Chewing the Cud. And today we're going to look back at the uh, lost Aston Villa and look forward, if that's what we can call it, to the game against West Ham on Sunday. Uh, full crew today, Cully, Richie and Chris. Afternoon, boys. How are you, boys? How are things? Hey, lads. How's things? Hi, Chris. All good in the hood, apart from the football, obviously, but uh, we get straight into this. No point actually just going player by player, Cully, because we'd be here all night. Uh, it's just another... In order, I can't rest this up. It's just a shit show. There's, there's no passion in that. We've said this time and time and time again. There's no, there's no, there's no balls in that team, and it just showed it yet again. That the heads dropped. They just haven't got, they haven't got it in them for a scrap. I think uh, this game could be uh, summed up very easily, Joe. And, uh, certainly didn't deserve it. That's for sure. And uh, no pace in the side, Joe. Um, oh. We've. Genuine pace, maybe with three or four players, and in Hamez and maybe of a le- less to a lesser extent, uh, Siggy, you've, you've pace at toss. But apart from that, Joe, um, Villa wanted a more. I mentioned on the last week's um, podcast that uh, Watkins, I, I, I really like Watkins. Can remind me of Vardy in some some respects, mm. Joe. To be honest, with you, he just ran and ran and tore the two centre halves uh, just asunder basically, and. and you know, again, we're back at this. Many, there's many podcasts could we replay at this stage, Joe, with the same team going through it, you know, the mm-hmm. kind of way. So, and, you know, the, the crazy thing is, Joe, we still in with a, 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 albeit a small sniff of Europe, you know. Uh, we don't mm-hmm. deserve it, Joe. Um, you know, you look at, uh, uh, say, for instance, uh, Ollie Watkins, he, he just wanted it. You know, the kind of way. And maybe if you're coming up through the ranks, I think he started off at Exeter and he went for to Brentford then and obviously Dean Smith brought him along to Villa and Dean Smith was aware of his of, of his, you know, potential, etc. That chap wanted it. He wants to play at the highest level. Do we have players in their team that just think all you have to do is put on a jersey and, and go out and play it? That's certainly comes across to me. We've no we've no pace in midfield. That's evidence since the car has been out. I think we've won one and eight. Um, look, I'm not going to go through different players. What have you, Joe? But there's a serious shakeup needed in that team, and the 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 mentality is wrong. Um, and I think Carlo has has touched off in the recent interview in relation to, you know, the the, the whole uh, mental side of the game that it needs to be sorted. You know, just it's very, very disappointing, Joe, from a supporter's point of view. And we live and breathe everything, as do people that are listening to this podcast. You know, that, that's our team, and, and we all wear the jersey with pride. But just wish sometime, maybe if, if the crowd was in Goodison Park, they'd, they'd realize just what a shambles they have been at home. I think it's the mm-hmm. worst record at home in a long, long time, Joe. I don't have the precise uh, figures on that, but I just thought it was a shocking display. and like we, we got one back and like Villa two centre halves were, were prone to the crosses. Now I understand Hamez was injured in, in the warm up and that's your game plan gone that they've been working on for a week, you know. But my God, and I've always defended the Wobi. Wobi is a terrible player. Absolutely terrible. Really? Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even like you know, 
we, we got one cross in and, and Dan scores from the cross, you know, and that was from the corner. We just, we need pace, Joe. Um, I just, I, I just don't know. It's frustrating, Joe. Um, we're so near, but yeah, always so far from where mm. we need to be. Mm. You know? that's, that's the recording team, Rich. It's, it's just, it's not this season. It's been going on for a couple of seasons. Just to, I know we, we lack pace, but just to fight them, just to, I keep saying, just to get a bit of sweat on your jersey. There's nothing there. Like, Wobby, he's just, he just typifies, and I'm not going to go into because people know my thoughts on him. He's, he's an absolute waste, and I just can't wait till he's out of the club because he, he, he just typifies, like, displays like that. He just sorters around and does absolute nothing. But he, he wasn't the only one. There was, there was quite a few there. Holgate, I mean, what he was doing for that, that the goal. It was like he was sitting in a park, like he thought he had all day long. And Watkins, like Collie said, Watkins was at it. And he seemed to target him, I think. Um, yeah, look, as a as a side, it's 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 one step forward, two steps back again. Um, and it's as you said, it's it's the lack of desire from the group of players. You take out Alan and Godfrey, that's the side that finished 12th last season, and look at look every bit of it, you know, just yeah. way, yeah. way off. There's no excuses for the types of performances that it that they've put in time and time again. Um, you mentioned some players there, but then I mean you look at the depth that, that we have, you know, the, the squad quality, you know, you said Delf Awobi came in instead of Hamas, Bernard King. You'd be saying that the four of them probably won't be with us next season, you know. So we're really we don't have a whole pile, you know, that we're depending on a couple of players and we're just not good enough. You know, Collie mentioned we need to add pace, which is obvious, but I, I think we need an awful lot more. I think we need nearly a full overhaul at this stage, that it's not something that's going to happen in another window, you know, that I, I, I honestly think that Ancelotti, to get that side to where we are now, is nearly a masterstroke to have us kind of in contention with five games left because some of the performance... That, that has been more of the norm of a performance than the odd good day against Liverpool and against, say, United or against Spurs on the first day. And that seems mm. to be kind of where we are. And that's the, the, the shocking thing about it. But, you know, you mentioned um, the likes of Watkins and their the energy, you know. Basically, that's what you're looking for. It's just the performance. And you I don't know, I ask a lot of questions to say, are... What are players looking for when they when they when they come to us? Are they willing to do it? You know, are they coming to Everton for an easy ride, get a paycheck because they know that we have money? And then, because there's just so many of 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 these of this squad that you could point a finger at, and it's you know they're nearly passing it around time and time again. You said there's no one with balls, but it's 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 shocking, you know. And look, I backed Mason Hall get up kind of last week, and you know, thought that he deserved to start, but you know, he got away with one with one kind of error, turned around and did the same thing a couple of minutes later and got caught. But I mean, all you have to do is, is watch him and he turns inside every time, you know, mm. turn back onto the right side and go square, or go sideways. He's not going to come back out onto his left. So it's a, you know, it, it was probably only a matter of time before he got caught, but um, just, just, just so many for me, Andre Gomez as well brings absolutely nothing to the side, but you could, as you said, we could go through it and, 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 and pick every one of them apart after, after a performance like that. And it's just, We've been handed opportunities time and time again, and I, I've come to the realization that we're just not good enough. And I'm probably more disappointed in myself that I was hoodwinked into believing that, oh, you know what? There's an opportunity, you know, that you get your hopes up, and then it's just, oh no, this is what I'm being served up again, and it's mm. kind of over at this stage, to be honest. Oh yeah, it's just it's just depressing. So uh, that's that's the 
downside. Chris will come in now, cheer us up now with a bit of uh, <clears throat> positivity. <laughs> Chris, it's just, you know, I know you weren't on last week, but it, it, like Holly said earlier, we, we could replay so many podcasts this season, just change the, the name of the team we played against. It's just time and time again. And like Richie said, it's, just get your hope up that you think maybe, 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 but we just keep letting us down. We've five games left, but this kind of feels like it's the end of the season review today on this pod. It's, uh, <laughs> look, as you said, we've been we've been banging down the door for weeks. This is our eighth home defeat in the same manner. It's it's predictable, you know. We every game seems to go the same. We concede a corner in the first two minutes. We're slow out of the traps. You know, the other team could have two or three goals in the first half, and you know we've got an odd goal here and there from set pieces and. You know, an awful lot of the games, we count ourselves lucky to be level at halftime and you're hoping we'll come out second half. Now, we got away with that and we'll step it up and it just never happens. Newcastle, Fulham, West Ham, Leeds. Mm-hmm. It's the same pattern and it's, you know, it's just such a difference between the home and away form. It's, it's absolutely baffling. And the fallout from this game seems to be more questioning Ancelotti and, you know, as opposed to the game itself, people, you know, look where we're at. You'd expect a lot more. I've expected a lot more from Ancelotti. You're certainly at home, probably not away. You know, if our home form had to be, if we'd won 10 at home and won five away, that would have been probably the norm for us. And we maybe we would have ended up where we're at. But the frustration is the opportunity has been there this year. You know, even struggling at home so much, if we'd won two or three of those games, we'd be. We'd be in the top four now, you know. Having done such good work away from home, gotten results at grounds we don't normally do and breaking ducks against the top teams. And, you know, if we're, we're able to compete with these teams on a day, but at home we just look... There's such, a, there's such a difference, you know. The manager is just... He doesn't trust the players. You can see it in him, you know. He's a, he's a tinker man. We haven't... And that's just down to we've been lucky with injuries and the players he has at his disposal. We haven't been able to get since the first six or seven games. We haven't got our first 11 out every game. You know, James has played 25 games. There were 43 in all competitions. What was 17, 10 weeks, 17 weeks? I think Alan was out and he was back for one game. Then the core was gone for eight weeks. So we're mm. constantly tinkering and papering over the cracks. We know the issues we have with the right-hand side. Coleman's done relatively well when he's played this season, but he's not going to play 38 games at the level we expect. We've no right, right winger. You know, we're so disjointed. Richarlison's had a poor season. And when you go through the team, you know, we play so deep because of players like Mina and Kane. And he doesn't trust Holgate, obviously, as well, to an extent. So that's why we're playing so deep away. We're being compact and... We've got results because it's papering over the deficiencies in the squad. In the home games, when the onus has been on us, our deficiencies in possession and our technical ability, I think, and our lack of pace, of course, and intelligence in general have been exposed. We're so easy to play against. We're so predictable. You know, the midfield, we've, we're so unbalanced. We've so many players in centre midfield that, do the same job that contributes nothing. We don't have enough athleticism. We're not dynamic enough. Our game plan is just get the ball out to Lucas Dean and get early crosses into Dom and 
teams have caught on to it because we've nothing coming from the right hand sides. We've nothing coming through the middle. Look, the likes of Sigurds, man, that they're good enough in their own right individually. But as a as a unit, there's no cohesion in the team whatsoever. We don't have a everything is just there's nothing natural to it, you know. It's so off balance and disjointed. And you know, the likes of Alan is having to cover for the players around them and players aren't doing their jobs and you know Gomez isn't there's no mobility there's no energy you know Villa ran mm. as ragged you know and they had nothing to play for they're safe they probably won't get into Europe now so they could just see out the last four or five games and have the flip-flops on but they rocked up the Goodison they ran us off the park as Collie touched on Watkins ran as ragged now McGinn the two full-backs Cash and uh, Tarat or whatever his name was Target. Target. They, they ruined us, you know, cut through us. So, look, we know the, the fish is in the, in the squad. And as Carl said and Rich said, it's not going to be sorted in one summer. It really isn't. There's just such a major overhaul to be done. They're talking maybe he wants a new centre back, apparently. So, you can, you can see that happening as well. We need a right winger, right back. Probably another striker if Moise Kane goes. I think we need another midfielder, but. I can't see us getting one. There's a lot of work to be done. And, you know, the big frustration is, you know, you look at West Ham. They've, mm. they've taken their opportunity this year. And there's not a whole lot of players on paper that you would class as better than Everton's, but they're balanced. They're tough to break down. They're compact. You know, they've good energy in the middle. So Shaq, Rice, they have pace on the break. They've Bowen, they've Ben Rama, big lad up front, Antonio. They're well balanced side and they work hard. We don't work hard enough. That's that's, that's the killer. It's the it's the effort. Yeah. You know, so it's you know, it's it's it feels like the end of the season now. I think you know, no, we're not gonna uh, I'd be surprised if we turn it around at home. We know we've wolves and Sheffield United and you know two games you should be looking from six points from or City away, West Ham away, the villa away. You know, we might get two wins over the last five, really, but on on the grand scheme of things, I mean, that would leave us on 58 points, and we mm-hmm. finished on 49 last year. So technically, it's progress, and we finished four places higher, but you just feel this opportunity won't be there next season. I think, you know, Chelsea are going to be strong. Liverpool will improve. Spurs will improve. Everyone's going to improve. You know, Arsenal will be better. Probably Leeds are going to push on. Villa again, West Ham and ourselves. So, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot harder next year. And we spoke about European football and how that's gonna benefit us in the in the transfer markets. Um, you know, Leicester got 16 million for just getting to the last 32 and getting knocked out. So even 16 million worth of wages would have opened up a three or four players' wages for the year for us, you know, and obviously making us more attractive. So it's a bit of a kick in the teeth now that we seem like we're gonna miss out after starting the season so well and being up and around the top six or seven for the majority of the season to really, really fizzle out, you know, it's it's really, really disappointing. As Richie said, we all kind of had our hopes up that, you know, we had enough about us to get into Europe and it's just typical of Everton to kind of let you down. And normally it's December, January when the season's finished. We've got to April <laughs> this year, so we might get into May next year, but look. Yeah. It, it, that's that's the that's the killer thing, Collie. It's just the like like Chris said, like Liverpool, Spurs, Arsenal. It, 
basically they've been shit this year and we had our chance we had a chance to, to get in that top four or five and like we knocked on the door so many times but yeah again it, it just seems to be one step forward and two steps back so I, I just wonder is it a case that we need to like lower our expectations for the next two or three seasons and see what Carlo can do I'm not going to I'm not going to diss Carlo Ancelotti but as much as he deserves some criticism maybe but not like some of the some of the stuff like you said on Twitter Ancelotti yeah would have stopped that it's just nonsense but I think it's just a case of Right, Carlo, there's three years to see what you can do. And us switching off for three years, not expecting anything. Yeah, you know what? If you take your blue jersey off, Joe, and you know, you think outside the box, you're probably dead right, but it's very hard to think that as a as oh, a patch of the yeah. blue, you know, the kind of way in that you're already conceding the next three or four seasons for you know to see what happens. But like champ uh, Carlo Angelotti is the Champions League manager, but he doesn't have Champions League. Champions League players, you know, um, and that's what it really boils down to, Joe. And, and there, there would appear to be money there in the summer, uh, certainly going a couple of things I've read over the last little while. And obviously, Moise Ken seems to be on his way out, so you're going to pump up whatever budget there is there by another 45, 50 million, I would suggest. And obviously, there's money there as well from the John Stones did if, if City were, were to go on and, and win, the, uh, win the Champions League. But you know, maybe our approach is wrong, Joe, with some respects. And I'm gonna harp back as well. Like to, to like we've been linked to this this lad at Brentford, Tony is his name, he's a striker, you know. And mm. like is there is there a bit more drive and a bit more ambition in players that come up through the ranks? Like obviously Vardy is is is, is the one you, you look at and geez, what you, what you wouldn't have give to, to have a young Jamie Vardy now, Joe, you know, in a kind of way mm. just Relentless and still, in fairness, telling me still the same, you know. And is there a bit more because they 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 kind of went through that, you know, almost apprenticeship in football, and that they came up through really hard leagues, you know, the kind of and now they appreciate where they are, you know. Like some of the players we've been linked with, Joe. I know I'm not getting into transfer, but some of the players we've been linked with, um, like Vale, like that's never going to happen, um. For so many reasons, you know, the kind of able. I would like legs in, in the middle of the park. I know Chris said he, he didn't think we get a, a midfielder in, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be too, I wouldn't be too shocked if he did, Joe. Um, I think he might find that Gomez might go out. I don't think Gomez has given us anything re- recently, yeah. Uh, mm. you, you know, so I don't know. Look, it's, it's frustrating, Joe. and even what we're recording this on, on today is Thursday and obviously the matches was a good four or five days. It's still that, fun. I'm still going to hard. I think there was a good reason to hard to talk best. about it, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jesus, I was in the horror. Something divorced here, you know, you know what you're saying? <laughs> you know? And that's what it boils down. Like, he, he put so much... Well, I, I know I do. Like, I, I, get a, I get the match in on now TV and I sit out in the kitchen and... I tell them not to the young people ourselves not to come into the kitchen. They're roaring and shouting at the bleeding thing, Joe. You know, mm. it's just so frustrating and, and we're just so close, but yet so far, Joe. You know, the kind of way. I just, I just wish that we took the chances sometimes. You know, and you know the guys saying we go out now against West Ham and beat them, and then we're all happy again, and then we come back to go to some park and we're playing Wolves or whatever the match is after West Ham and bleeding end up losing again and. She's under Q, man. We were really great home record. We couldn't fucking win away, you know? Mm. 
uh, it's just a frustration level, Joe and Quinny. You're just getting sick of it. And I suppose if I'm being honest with myself, I kind of wish the season was over now, Joe. To be honest with you, you know? uh, I think I think a lot of people feel the same. Just one, actually, small bright, but I thought Pickford again. Richie was uh, yeah. was excellent. Like he kept us in the game, Rich, especially up to half time. Two or three great saves. Yeah, it's hard to see it as a as a high point when your keeper is is man of the match kind of in a home game. But yeah, mm. uh, to credit to him, he was he was fantastic. He made some some brilliant saves. Um, yeah, and done exactly what 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 you want from him. Like we we probably would have been four or five down without him going in at half time. Mm. Um, yeah, I thought I thought there was one or two kind of. Moment he came for a cross right at the start, another one he tried to shield out, and I said, "Oh, gee, yeah. one no, of those." <laughs> but no, 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 he was he, he was excellent after that. A couple of times came out one on ones, uh, made a double save, then kind of tipped one over. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, we mentioned it last week. I think where just I think since that break from the injury, he's come back and he's been he's been he's been top class and um, certainly not at fault for any of any of the two goals. You know, it's, you know, the second one postage stamp but just giving too much time on it you know Premier League player you give anyone they should be able to put it in there mm. um, and that's the disappointing thing you know because he'd done everything to keep us in the game and you know we just allowed him you know opportunities like that to, to, to put the game to bed Yeah, I think like he's he's come on leaps and bounds we spoke about last week Chris No, you weren't on but he's just like Richie said since the break he's just a different player now he really really is so I think our, our, as close as we have problems all over the rest of the pitch I think our keeper problems look like they're solved there's never been an issue with him when he's playing like that like he's starting to show the form he did in his first season we got player of the year he was he was fantastic that year you know we thought what a keeper we have here we're set for the next eight or nine years and you know, he did have a rough, he had a rough start to the season in general. And then the whole Van Dijk thing really affected him, you know. Big time, yeah. Big time. And, you know, social media and all the attention he was getting and all the threats in his family. Like, that's that's going to, professional footballer or not, that's going to affect anybody, you know. That kind of abuse directed towards you and your family and having to get bodyguards and all that kind of stuff. So, I think Carlo managed, managed it really well by taking him out and, just as well, we had Olsen there, you know, he was an adequate replacement and he's probably brought up his uh, performance levels as well, having a bit of competition for a change instead of Lossel and players like that that were, were never going to be any use, you know. So, yeah, look, the break done him well and he seems to be uh, just more relaxed and he's not as erratic and, and look, he can... You know, he, he, he wouldn't rule him out doing something mental by the time the season's over, but he seems yeah, to be... Yeah. He seems to be maturing a bit and being able to kind of calm himself after a big save and he's able to, you know, tone it back down and keep his concentration levels and, you know, fair play to him. And you know, I think all four of us said earlier on in the season that I just don't think he's number one for us going forward. And that's just based on what you're watching. You know, you're mm. just reacting to what you're seeing. And it does make you think maybe at times are we, are we not being too hard on other players, but... Is players like Holgate and stuff, do they have that scope to improve? Or, you know, we've been critical of a Charleston and that. Like, do these young lads still have the scope to improve even more? You know, are we, do we have to give them more the benefit of the doubt? But that's it's another story. But no, you can't complain with a pick for the tall. And I think we probably, Alton probably go, judging by, you know, what happened with his family and the, that burglary and that. I think they're a bit unsettled now. So, Maybe a goalkeeper might be 
might be another thing, a uh, bit of a rumour about your man Chesney coming in that used to be with Arsenal like, for 10 million. Maybe mm. as a, has a backup in a competition there, he's a decent keeper. So we, we'll see what happens. But there's, a, there's certain other positions now that are priorities, I'd, I'd say, yeah. just before the goalkeeper position, you know? Yeah, I think big time. We, we spoke last week, Collie, about uh, centre-halves. I think every time we give the centre-halves a bit of credit, they, they mess up till we gather. So I think if we slate the centre-halves every single week, that that do the job. But I, I don't know whether he knows his, his best centre-half pairing because he just seems to, like Chris said, kind of tinker, man. He just seems to change the centre-halves literally every match. I think he, he bases on the opposition, Joe, and I fully understood why he threw in Godfrey and, and Hogan against Watkins, given the speed of the chap, you know. I thought, and I think Richie said it earlier on, I thought uh, Hogan done quite well against Arsenal. And, mm. and, and for that reason, he, he, he was certainly my starting eleven. And I think Richie also said he got away with one, literally just before he made a mistake for the goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah like Hogan seems to go, well, he was... You know, he played, he thought he'd done really well against Arsenal. And then obviously, there's no consistency, Joe, um, uh-huh. with him. Um, I think Godfrey, maybe, and even at, at that, Godfrey done okay. Uh, you know, there was a couple of mistakes against Villa, but um, I think Godfrey will probably be one of his first picks. And then Godfrey plus A another. I know, I think Chris mentioned that, that they're looking at a centre half, or there's been rumours of a centre half. and You'd look down at, at, at Keane and Mina and, and with Mina going into his last, what, 18 months, two years of his contract, could he be the one on the way out in the summer? And I know there's been links to, to uh, Spanish and Italian clubs for Mina. You know, it's hard, to, it's hard to say, is he looking to play three at the back? Is he, he going to stick with the 4-4-2? Like he is the tinker man. And you've said this time and time again in the podcast, it's very hard to, to, to second-guess Carlo, you know? Mm. Um it was a bad mistake by Holgate and I unsettled them, I have to say. And I thought they were quite nervous, the two of them, Joe, um, for the majority of the first half. Seems to settle down a bit after that. But I look, it's, again, does he know his, his, his two centre half parents? I don't think so, Joe, to be honest with you. I really don't. Um, Michael Keane will give you that bit of experience and, and level head. Could you put a trade the back with Keane in the middle of Godfrey and, and Holgate? Would he be able to bring them through 90 minutes? Possibly, given his experience, obviously, from a domestic and international level. But it's hard to say, Joe. Um, I think he needs a leader there, and I don't think he has that one at the moment. Yeah. I think, could it be unsettling them, Rich? Right, You know, just chopping and changing every single week, where if you just give, just say, Godfrey and Keane, uh, uh, for instance, a run of games together, that they get to know each other. Not, I'm not saying the players don't know each other's game, but... Like it, training is total hundred times like different to actual match play. So maybe just give two players a run at centre half. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you always talk about these partnerships and stuff, and you can see. Mm. The, I don't know. You, you you just have to think back to Spurs and the, the two errors between Holgate and Keane. You know, to, for it to happen twice and the lack of communication, you'd say, geez, these guys have never even met one another before. Mm-hmm. You know, not to mind play alongside one another. And there has to be that familiarity with playing alongside guys, you know, that it just improves and, you know, you know when someone is dropping in. But I, I'd agree with Colleague that it's a case of, right, who we up against, you know, that that take the error out of it. I don't think that you'd be starting with Holgate and Keane coming up against Antonio this weekend that he'd be putting probably Mina or, or, or Keane into... 
the, to, to battle with him. Like, so it, it is a bit of that, but as well, I don't think that there's any of them either way that there's none of them really bad or there's none of them really good that there's none of them kind of saying, right, that I, Godfrey, I suppose, up until, up until, up until the weekend was the only one who was putting his hand up and saying that I must play every, every week. And then, I mean, to be fair, you look at Mina, Holgate and Keane and they've all had a lot of individual, not a lot, but they've had continuous individual errors throughout the season. And that's, that's the heartbreaking stuff. Like it's cost us so many points, these mistakes, you know, just on, on, on things like that. And, they're, whether they're mental issues, you know, concentration issues that maybe go away when you have a crowd and they're 40,000 screaming at you, but you can only defend it to a certain point. You know, they have to be responsible for this as well. And, and for me, if, if there is someone to come in, I wouldn't take Godfrey out of it. I wouldn't be too disappointed if any of the other three left. You know, mm. it, it, it wouldn't bother me too much, you know, if we're going mm. to improve. It's not a case of, oh, Michael Keane has been really good. But at the same time, he's been prone terrors and I think that we can do better there you know so I'm kind of at a stage where you know I think Godfrey has proved himself this season but the other three have been in in and out kind of indifferent I think Mina's okay as well but the other two not not for me kind of that I wouldn't lose a whole pile of sleep over it uh, they just say to me the inconsistency is, is just nuts like I said earlier Chris but the, the centre half seem to be more inconsistent than everybody else at least the likes of a Wobie and never their shit all the time. Do you know what I mean? You know what you're getting, but I mean the centre halves like take like Mina for instance. Like he he will have a storm around. We'd be waxing lyrical about him, and he start the next game and have a stinker. But it, it's just uh, take off Elva because he's been class everywhere he's played. But the other three, like Richie said, they've just they've had there's no happy meeting with them. They're either brilliant or crap. I just think each of our defenders, they're all, um, they all have good individual characteristics, you know, in their mm. own rights. But there's none of them necessarily that are the full all-around package in terms of, look, Godfrey, he's still only a young lad. He's, he, you know, Godfrey, he'd be, he'd be really good. But Kane, Hogate, and Mina, like, if, you know, good air, really, maybe, no pace. You know, not great on the ball, lacks of concentration, stupid mistakes. So he, he does play them based on, like, away from home, it's okay having Keane and Mina when you're going to be defending deep, surrendering possession, and they're box defenders. Anything comes in, they'll head it away, they'll clear it away. You know, they know where to be. But he played the likes of Hogate and Godfrey in the home games when we're going to be 10 or 15 yards further up when we're trying to be more progressive. But that's when we tend to get more exposed. Uh, we're too slow, dilly-dallying around. So there's no movement from the midfields for the, mm. for the centre-backs to give the ball. to so no one wants it. There's no bravery. There's no confidence. They're all just cowards, you know. No one's willing to take leadership and pick up the ball and progress us forward. So we just end up knocking it around side to side. And then the team presses. We end up just kicking it out of play or we just give it away. So it's not entire. It's it's the whole balance of the team, you know. I don't think the midfield helps the defense, and the defense don't help the midfield at times. So we just we're littered with too many mistakes across the whole team, and you know it can work in pros and cons. It's good having four different defenders that have different characteristics, so you can match up your, you know, the opposing strikers. But it is all about partnerships. You have to have that understanding, and you have to have two centre backs that. 
make each other better. They understand mm. each other's position, when they're coming, when they're going, when to cover. And, uh, you know, we don't necessarily have that. I think one of their issues as well, we don't really have a natural left-footed centre-back. They're all right foot playing left centre-back and that can kind of be a bit uncomfortable as well, having to always come in onto the right foot. That, you know, dilly-dallying a bit more and it's not natural, you know. So, you know, maybe we look for a left-footed centre-back that kind of has a bit of pace, that is a bit, you know, a bit on the ball. And, you know, it's... There's a lot of reasons behind it. Just as we said, the squad is so imbalanced. You know, there's there's so many players that do the same thing, and then there's certain players that lack certain things. So there's just major improvements to be done. And you know, the manager's not soft. I think, you know, look, the book falls with him. The the manager always, if it was Silver or Kuma with his home record, questions would be asked. You know, there's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. We all expected a lot better from him at home, maybe not away. We've all expected a lot better, and maybe in terms of a style of play, but I do think there is reasons. Not that it makes it acceptable, you know, but there is reasons behind why why we are as poor as we are at home. And you know, he isn't stupid, and we just need a bit of stability at the minute. We've chopped and changed too much as a club on and off the pitch for years, and we just have to give this man time because if he can sort it, who is going to sort it? We can't just rip it up and start again and. A new lad comes in and brings in his players. You've seen the caliber of players he attracts with Alan and James, and I'm sure we'll get one or two more in the summertime as well. So, as I said, it's just so frustrating. With it was there for us this season, certainly top six at least, and we've blown it again in typical Everton fashion as we tend to do. But you know, we just have to. He had two of his players playing against mm. Villa, you know two players playing that were his signing. So you just have to give him the benefit of the doubt. And look, if things don't change next season, well, of course, certainly questions will be asked, but, you know, you wouldn't mind the style of play away from home. You could take on away and being able to defend deep and play on the break. No bother, but at home, you have to be a bit more good on the ball, progressive. And, you know, the Goodison crowd won't stand for that next year at all. You know, they'll certainly make their voices heard and, even this Wolves game, if we've seven to ten tails in at home, you'd be expecting us to upper performance levels there because the fans will certainly let them know that it's not good enough, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's actually just on that. It's great to see uh, crowds uh, getting back in slowly but surely. So fingers crossed, we'll we'll all be back. I have my passport now, Joe, and I have my boo and boots ready for August. Uh, so you won't, you won't. Well, you might need your boots. I'll give Carlo a shout for now. You won't be going to uh, Sicily or anywhere or Lithuania for, for a match. Not oh, not, no. uh, but, uh, <laughs> just, just on Carlo, uh, Chris is bang on him. Just, no, I'm not going to call out Carlo and Celotti, but uh, just Devils African colleague. If, if it continues into next season, this kind of, not mediocrity, but like good one week shit the next week. There's no, there's no consistency. Um, these these silly silly voices will start to get a bit louder. Yeah, they certainly will, Joe. And see the pressure down will be on, obviously with, with crowds returning to stadiums, etc. You know, but um, look again, we're talking about Carlo Angelotti here, who has already expressed a desire to stay on further than his contract at the moment and, and, and hopefully he does yeah exactly yeah, yeah and, and look I agree with the, the other two lads there 
it's about time we settle down as a club in some respects. Uh, you know, you can't keep chopping and changing. Um, we need to give a manager time. And maybe, you know, your, one of your original points at the start of this podcast in relation to expectations and are they too high, John? You know, maybe the year, maybe we, we need to water down our expectations. Even saying that, it's hurting me, Joe, you know, the kind of way. And like, you should go, we should start every season. Uh, looking to win the league and you know the kind of way we all know in our hearts so it's not going to happen you know the kind of way and then we, we, we build other expectations up and a good cup run and you know and break the cup hoodoo and, and what have you and it, with relation to you know the players that's there and, and Holgate and Mina and Keane just this is the only person thing Joe I think if anything steady head with Mina like that, he has one fantastic game, and then he could go out and have a nightmare the next one. But he does suffer from niggling injuries. And given the fact he's coming into the last 18 months, two years, I think, of his contract, this is the time where you're going to get some sort of uh, uh, money back from him. So if any of them is to go, I would suggest it's Mina. But there's nothing in front of me either. You know, I, I mm. we have Alan, and again, I thought Alan. You know, is an absolutely cracking player, and I spoke about one the last pod, and so and you all know my feelings towards them. But like I, I, I've heard Andre Gomez referred to as the crab, and here it was, and it was only when I, I look back, yeah, like he goes from side to side, never, and very rarely does he put a ball forward. So, and then you have Tom Davis. In fairness to Tom, I thought he's done well this year, but we, we don't want to bring us forward with the core out, Joe, and that's mm. what we need in my mind. So. Yes, a, a huge point. Well, not huge. The transformation and new players are needed to, to try and sort the team out, and it won't be done in once in one uh, ter- uh, one transfer window. But I think we can certainly make great strides towards that top six, top eight. You know, regardless of where we finish this year. You know, um, well, going back to your original point of Carlo Angelotti, you gotta just trust the man and his team in the background there. You know, I think his son does an awful lot of work as well. And obviously Duncan's always men- mentioned as assistant coach, but the son is there as well. And he, he actually comes, I've read a good few articles on him, Joe, and I've seen a few interviews he's done since being at the club. And he's a very, very interesting chap, I have to say. And Look, for me personally, no, you know, Carlo has to remain. Yes, absolutely. Uh, deserves criticism if it was to continue on next season. But as of what today, the... 6th of May, whatever the case may be, for me, Carlo will lead us into Bramley Moore Stadium. I oh, hope he does. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, I think we're at this stage now, it's usually before this, to be honest, Rich, where like players are kind of kind of playing for their position next year, not just in the team, but like at the actual club. So, some of these lads really want to up their game quick. <laughs> there's been ample opportunity for fellas to to up their up their game and to take opportunities to be involved with the club going forward. And mm. there's, there's no one kind of rushing to put their hand up and say, "Look, I I I I'm the guy. Go 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 to me." Um, Collie mentioned Tom Davis there. Uh, yeah, he may may have kind of had a few few indifferent games, but I, I I don't know what he's after doing a training that he's not getting a look in at present. You know, you see Delt coming on ahead of him, but even seeing Gomez starting, I just think if he was to go in beside Allen, he'd give a little bit more balance. Um, but I mean, you you can go all round, and yes, you would hope that people are 
kind of saying, right, that they want to be involved and they want to stay. You, you, I suppose Delph is probably prime example. Is he being given a run out to put in the shop window to see, is he, yeah. is he, is he worth keeping around? Because other, other than that, what else, you know? But I, I, for me, we've too many of these to be saying, oh yeah, you're going to get a couple of minutes, you, you, you're going to get mm. a couple of minutes. But you look at the subs, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Delph, Bernard and King, you know, and I don't see any of the three of them being, being at the club next year. So, um, it, it, that just strikes to me that you that we're looking at a big overhaul, a big overhaul of, of of kind of the squad in general because there's mm. so many gaps and so much Im- imbalance that 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 there's a lot more. And look, Carlo's not oblivious to this either. That yeah. he surely knows. And it's just I think last the last window was was strange given COVID and everything like that. And I don't think there was as much movement, even though we got some good. But I I would expect some some more kind of moving out of that stuff move those guys that aren't going to be involved and, and getting some some useful players onto the bench that 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 that, that are going to help the squad. Um yeah. just one other thing to go back you kind of about about Ancelotti and I suppose Chris mentioned it as well about our our style of play, you know, the difference kind of away and, and at home. And I kind of just question like have we missed a trick this season with no fans in the stadium talk to why not defend deep at home when you have you won't get away with it next season but you will get away with it this season when there's no one there yeah. and if we've been getting results you know yes you would say the onus is on us but if we're getting results away from home though why, why didn't we just do it at home is it is it that mm-hmm. simple <laughs> it's, it's you know? just that simple as playing the same system all the time you know and say right this is how we set our stall out we're horrible to watch we're horrible but you know what if it gets his results and it got us in and look that's i'm not saying that that's what i want to watch mm. horrible football week in week out far from it but we haven't been treated to a, a delight of football either given what we were trying to do so it's easy saying hi but I, I i just kind of wonder so especially when there's no fans and you say right this has mm. got us results kind of at these grounds that maybe we could have implemented in a couple of other or are we just kind of thinking that we're so much ahead of the teams that have beaten us, you know, you look at Leeds, Fulham, West Ham, Newcastle, you know, the list goes on at this stage. Yeah. You know, do we just think that we rock up and maybe maybe we should have just kind of stuck to our guns and say, right, this is getting results. Let's just kind of keep firing it here until we get a chance to, to do the overhaul that we're needed. But mm. I suppose it's, it's all very easy in hindsight. Well, that's a good point, actually, Chris. I know, listen, we'll be back next season, fingers crossed, but that that's, it just might be the way just play horrible and get results I mean I think Sam Allardyce as much as we all hate him that's what he did he played stinking rotten football and as much as we hated it he got results so maybe that could be not, not the way to go because I don't want to watch it but if it gets results it just needs must maybe even when we've won, that we've behind the couch for most of the game, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. Holding on to leads. It's been poor, but as you said, I think it's just down to the players at his disposal, you know. <laughs> Away from home, we seem to be more tuned in. The attitude is more, these are going to come at us now. You know, we have to be focused. We have to be compact. We have to work hard. Whereas I think we, we lose a bit of that when we play at home, especially against teams that you would expect, you know, like, can you sit back at home to Fulham and Burnley? I know what you're saying with an empty stadium, but, you know, it's just like they feel like they don't have to put in as much effort or do the dirty work. We don't really win our second balls or we just seem to go through the motions and we don't necessarily, you know, know what we're, what we're meant to be doing. And you kind of look at it and think, 
you know, are we not coached? Are we not working on our ball retention and training and our patterns of play or style? Or what are we trying to do in the home games? And, you know, I mean, if we can see it, I mean, Carlo Ancelotti isn't, you know, it's not like he's oblivious to it. I'm sure he's scratching his bleeding head with them as well. It's a case of, he's never managed such a bad group of players in his career ever. So, mm. I mean, are these players being coached to do things and they're just not capable of doing it? They just not have the technical ability or the intelligence, or it's harping on for weeks about in and around the box in the final tour that we're brain dead. We we make the wrong pass, we hit the first man with a cross, or we take a heavy touch, or we hold on to it too long and the ball gets turned over and then we're exposed. We just we just do some stupid things with the ball, you know. It's, it's no coincidence we've won games when we've had least possession. When we have mm. the ball, we get rolled over because we just we just can't keep it, and teams just take the ball off us and break on us, and we're we're finished, you know. But just to touch on um, interest and in what Cody was saying earlier in terms of the recruitment, you know, like some of our best boys have been from the championship, you know, Cahill, Leighton Baines, Jagielka, some of mm. the mainstays in the Lescott in the in Moyes' teams, you know, obviously Coleman was you know League of Ireland and. Arteta was two million from Spain. You know, we've we bought some really good players. And as Richie said about Vardy, you know, Madison came from the lower leagues as well. There's, you know, there's a few really good players there to be to be got. And they're making the step up to Everton, you know, and they have a point to prove. Like Godfrey has the mm. bit between their teeth. They want to earn their place. They want to fight and show what they can do. Whereas when you're buying players like Sigurdsons and that, they're coming from your Man United down to Everton. They just there's not that they probably feel like there isn't that much pressure to deliver. And maybe that mm. that's probably been the mentality within the club for years. There's no consequence for failure, you know, and that just seems to be the kind of attitude in the whole club at the minute. It's, so it's, you know, we've Mashiri is when he came in, look, there's no doubt he made mistakes with managerial appointments and trusting directors of football and other managers with money and we recruited badly and we're still struggling from it now in fairness and hopefully we are getting a house in order with brands and Carlo and you know the recruitment has been a bit better recently but you know there's just no losing doesn't seem to hurt now I could be wrong and you look at Hazard on the pitch last night laughing and joking with his teammates that that was absolutely shocking that's just yeah. disgusting. And mm. your pal Awobi, you know, we get rolled over by Villa and he's on Instagram the next day dancing around, doing music videos, saying, yeah, bro, and all. Like, cut it out. Like, that's yeah. not us. We don't want players like that. We want players like Godfrey that are going to keep their head down, get stuck in, get their foot in, you know, fight for the jersey. Half these players, modern footballers, we have too many modern footballers that are just happy with the lifestyle and yeah, comfortable. We're, we're a charity club. You mm. know, it's fantastic what we do with the community and we're second to none off the pitch with everything. Really good. The way they treat the fans, going to hospitals and making phone calls and the club is absolutely brilliant. But it's an organisation based on football, winning football games and winning trophies and being successful. And we are brilliant at absolutely everything but football. Mm. You know, 
Mm. But uh, look, it's we've covered everything that can be said. It's just so frustrating. We're going over old ground, but look, hopefully we beat West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> now, just 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 under the crown, I must say, uh, we need to change this. This if players aren't good enough for for the club. We need to change this system of ah, let's loan them out six or seven million times. Just get rid of them. Just, just if you're not good enough, there's the door. Just take a loss. Just, just get them out because we, we've just gone the last four, five, six seasons. Uh, like thousand example, message. Just send them out alone. When his loan finishes, he comes back. Send them out on another loan. Just get rid of them. Just get these lads off the wage bill. Go. Sorry. So I think it's going to be had to be. Brands and that's not sitting down the summer and just be cutthroat and say, Listen, that's you're not good enough. I'm not saying that alone, you're just out of here, piss off to Italy or somewhere, do what to do now. Don't give a shit for somebody else because you're not, it's just not going to be tolerated here. And we have to be, just like Chris said, just do what we do off the pitch, on the pitch, just, just get the best that we can. If it costs us money, it costs us money. Mishiri and his mate has loads of money. Usman, I've seen the better. He just stops shitting around, comes in, just puts all his money into the club. Just do it. Stop pissing around, Alistair. I'll be happy yeah. to you now in a minute when the polish finished. Right, we're rambling here. Let's go into the West Ham game, Carly. Um, I'm just not I'm just not looking forward to this at all because I think uh, as, as well as West Ham have been doing this year, Moisey will, will be putting an extra little bit into this to, to, to say what could it be? Yeah, Joe, and, and look, uh, one thing I want to get out there, David Moyes' recruitment policy is excellent. Yeah. Um, because it, it was excellent at Air Club, and you look at his recruitment policy at West Ham, he brought in Suchek on loan initially, and then uh, agreed a deal in, in for 18 or 19 million. He's been a, a terrific signing. Uh, he took a chance on Lingard, and Lingard has done really well for them. And, 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 yeah, absolutely, yeah, and and you know, um, they know where they are because look, Moyes plays a certain way, and he's got the team playing that way. And am I looking forward to the game? No, not at all. We're, we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, we've no idea yet of what the injury situation is. Will the Corey be fit for it? And uh, there was talk of him. Obviously, he was training on his own last week. Um, I think we'll know within the first two or three minutes what everyone saw torn up. Um, I am fearful of air midfield against theirs. I think that they're very strong in the midfield area, and obviously with Bowen and Lingard. But I don't know whether Lingard is injured. Uh, I don't know whether he done the hamstring a couple of weeks ago. Uh, obviously, that's pace there, and with Antonio then or whoever they have up front. Um, and their side, I genuinely just don't like. I have to say, I really don't like them. But um, now I would be fearful Joe, of the game coming up against West Ham. And if we are beaten, I think that's it now where European run, if it's not over by now, it's certainly over then. Um, and obviously West Ham strengthened their position then for a, a top six finish. Yeah, I think like Carly said, they just they just seem so much stronger than us in all in all areas, Richie. And I'm just like I'm just not looking forward to it, really am I? Um look, it's hard to look forward to any game the way we've been playing of late because you just mm. we haven't been showing up. But yeah, I suppose Mize has has him organised. He's a good structure. Um, I 
they've been kind of lucky with injuries throughout the season. And once they get one or two as well, you saw once Rice got injured that they, that, that they dropped off a bit. So, I mean, they've just been consistent against the teams that they should be beating. Yeah. You know, whereas whereas we haven't. To be honest, I, I I would look. You look at the two squads on paper, and we should be a lot better than them. Again, it's it's the things that we've mentioned. It's desire, and it's just kind of buying into wanting to win. You know, and seeing the opportunities are there, and they seem to and they seem to have done it. But they're very organised. They've got a way of playing, and and, and they do it pretty 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 well. You know, you know, Collie's gone through with their Suchek um, has been been phenomenal signing for him. Mm. Rice could be back on Sunday as well. Um, play some part. Lingard has has been unreal. He came in. Antonio got two two the other night. So, um, but yeah, I mean, look, it, it it's 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 hard to be over enthusiastic. But we do have a good record against West Ham. Kind of in the last, uh, what have we lost four in twenty six? You know, in mm. in the Premier League. So we've good record against them. And really, you know, I suppose our away form has been good. So we'll go there without fear as well. You know, you just hope that you can shake off. The performance, our performance from last week, but we have been doing it all season. That's the just the roller coaster of of what's going on. You know that there's no consistency with us, and you don't know what you're going to get. But you would say, right, going away that despite teams above us, we we've performed well. So you know if that if it's a challenge, is what they like, and that's what makes step up. You 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 should have some bit of confidence, but it's hard to have any confidence in this evidence side. Really, like uh, it's just like Jekyll and Hyde. So I think you said earlier, Chris. We just need to turn our away form on again. I don't know what just. I know it's it, it. Usually, when team are shit away from home and go to home, it's it's fan related. But this season, I, I just don't know. It's like you said, it's baffling the difference between the two Everton teams, home and away. So I think we just need to be that good Everton again. It wouldn't surprise me if we got a result, Joe. Really, uh, really wouldn't. They're a good side. I think they're just, they're very well balanced and very well organised. And we spoke before on, you know, hard work can get you so far in this league. Just doing the basics well. We're dreadful at the basics. The basic fundamentals of the game, you know. Winning your 50-50s, being hard to beef, you know. Winning second balls and stopping the cross. It's just basics. You know, no messing around. They're very well balanced, you know, strong at the back, strong in midfield, and a bit of pace up front. Santonio's a big lad, as we said. Bowen, Baram, a bit of bit of pace. Lingard's been really good for them. So very well balanced side. And you know, we know from David Moyes being with us, he doesn't do prima donnas, you know. There's no yeah. prima donnas there with you know, half the lads we have are more concerned about the hair going out on the pitch and you know, than they are about being hard in a tackle and getting stuck in and, you know, fighting for each other. So, we, look, we know what we're going to rock up and we're going to sit back. We're going to put men behind the ball, try not to let them get in behind. And, you know, we'll try and play with the space we have when we when we do have it. He, he said James will be fit. He said after the last game, maybe he'll play the next game. So, hopefully James will be in. and Hopefully he doesn't no. warm up before the match. Just <laughs> start the match. We'll, we'll get a few chances and we'll try and play for set pieces. But West Ham are equally as good as us. I think they're up there with us, top two or three for mm. set pieces in the league. So they're very dangerous. Uh, I think Dawson centre-back chips in with a few. And you know, Antonio's a big lad. We know Suchek's a big lad. So good side. But, you know, with, as I said, whatever, it wouldn't surprise me playing away from home. Playing to our strengths, really being compact, mm. sitting deep. We won't have all the ball. We we'll let them have the ball, and 
we'll just have to try and be clinical when we get our chances. It's we've been saying that every pretty much every game, but it goes it goes without saying. But no, look, you can't be confident, but you you just don't know, do you? Just can't be can't be bothered with a fella that refers to himself as Jay Ling's ruining my weekend. <laughs> Christ, if it doesn't rain, it pours, huh? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop. All right, get into predictions. Uh, start with you, Carl. Um, I don't know where to go. The, the blue head or, or the, um, it's hard to know, really. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm. I look. I'll. 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 I'll go for it. I think we're gonna lose, Joe, and we lose the two one. Two one to the numbers. Okay, Rich. Slightly better. I got two all. Two all. Okay, Chris. I think we'll lose 1-0 but for prediction purposes I'm going to say 2-1 for us just to try and <laughs> okay well then if, listen he has two predictions there so he's not getting any points in a prediction <laughs> uh, but being right so, is enough for me I'm happy with that yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah, yeah. I go I, I just I, I just have no confidence like it, it's mad it's just like I said it's Jekyll and Hyde it's too too Everton so I don't I'd, I'd love to see us win, but I just think Moyes has, like you said, he has this team. As someone mentioned last, a fella who won Sporter of the year last night, he was asked, um, oh, like, what does Everton mean to you? And he just said to us, blood and snots. And that's 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 what you want. And I, I just think that this West Ham team are, they're more willing to get dirty than, than our team. But I... Listen, prediction. I'll just go one. I'll hope and like like I said, I was just hoping for the win. But I just, it's just I don't know what to expect from this Everton team anymore. I really, really don't. It's wearing me down. It's, it's getting me down. <laughs> I just, I just can't wait for this season to be over. Get the just, summer in. Yeah. Just play the next five games over the next five days and get it over with. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, we do one more podcast and then we're finished. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Joe, yeah, can I just say, uh, bring us up before we, we, we leave it, cost, without yeah. mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a very quick thing. Uh, there was a, an interview given uh, by uh, an Evans supporter, uh, Michael Cullen, but I think everyone that knows him will know a Speedo Mick um, in relation to depression. Um, I, I would urge anyone to look at it. Um, mm. I'm, I'm coming from a person, uh, I suffer from depression, Joe, and I've been in some very dark places in between. Mm. So just to, with anyone who is listening now, to this podcast just you can't unfortunately mental health is you can't see it and uh, you can't you, you do need to get help and, and you know just reach out that's all and um, I obviously don't want to bring the pod down Joe but I just it was very powerful um, uh, Speedo Mix interviewed the other day and, and I just hit home you know the, the last year has been so tough on, on everyone and, mm. and everything, everything has been an escape and this podcast has been an escape for me having said that I, I again it's a personal thing I've been in, in a very dark place uh, over the last years and I, I, I have good friends and family around me but just urging anyone that you know talk to, to anyone um, if, if they feel the same way uh, thanks Joe for let me say that but no, I just no, wanted, to, no, I, I wanted to bring yeah. that up yeah yeah uh, we spoke about this before off off air, and I think it might be something that we could look at maybe as the season fins do, do a special on. I know Chris, you um you do these walking talks with Jay. I know uh, he does a lot of work on so I think I think we could we could look into doing the podcast on that 
Because, like to say, Carly, uh, so many stories out there, like Speedo Mick being one of them. Like he comes across as this, like happy go lucky and jolly fella, but like behind the behind the camera, as they say. There was a stigma attached, Joe, you know, and, and it, unfortunately it's still there to some, some respect, mm. you know, the kind of way. Mm. And we're men and we're cavemen, we beat our chests and stuff like that. And, and look, it's, it's okay to, to not be okay, Joe, you know, the kind of mm. way. And mm. I just can't go worse. Anyway, look, I, I appreciate me getting that across, Joe, because hopefully that, you know, if there are people out listening there and, and you know, they watch that interview and if they're feeling any way down in any way that if there is family or friends or, supporters or you know mates of the club whatever the case may be mm. that, that they can reach out and, and you know even just to talk to someone and have an ear Joe and you know you've been there for me in the past and, and, and look I, as I say it's, it's much appreciated but um, it's a, it really is a, a huge it has a huge impact on, on, on a lot of men Joe and again all the stigma should be should be kind of taken away and and we've already mentioned in the podcast the club are great in, in the community so um, I would just urge again just urge anyone that if you're feeling a bit low or whatever the case may be for any reason um, just maybe just talk to someone if they can yeah 100%, 100%. We, def- we definitely look at doing doing their part in that 100% ok boys uh, thanks very much for today uh, next week Joe we're going to be on a win and we're looking up for our top four again and then we'll play at home and we we'll lose yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, like we said, a roller coaster. More like, yeah. a, more like a fucking ghost train at this stage. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. All right, boys, listen, take it easy. I'll talk to you next okay, week. Okay, boys. Care. See you, lads. Bye, take bye. care. Bye. See you, lads. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in joining the Irish Toffee Supporters Club, just send an email to memberships at irish-toffees.com or visit our website at www.irish-toffees.com. We'll talk to you next time. Up the toffees.